Hi, thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm assuming by now you've already heard my first two episodes. And if so, I hope and pray that it served you well in some way, shape, or form. And if you feel like this podcast will benefit someone that you may know, please feel free to share. I, I don't mind that at all. Being outed is, it's probably one of the most, the lowest blows anyone can receive. And it, it, it truly can be traumatizing and devastating. I know everyone's reality is a little different. Um, but some of us, some of us still have or are living in a reality that there's not much acceptance when it comes to homosexuality or bis- or being bisexual or you name it, which makes it even harder. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are still closeted, um, many of them because, again, their reality may not allow them to at this point or they don't have the courage to. And that's all okay. Again, everyone's reality is different. And it's important to be understanding because we don't all understand everyone's situation or circumstance. Which my circumstance was was very traumatizing. After being outed, as I mentioned prior, I fell into a deep depression it affected my eating habits. It affected my my social uh, life, which was non-existent. I mainly dedicated myself just to work. Um, it was it was a dark, a very dark place uh, in my life. Um, but it it didn't just stop there. I knew deep down inside that life would go on and I had to keep moving. I couldn't just dwell in, in that in that uh, mindset. But I'm going to get real with you. I became very angry and bitter towards the church after that. I remember thinking, like, aren't we supposed to be inclusive as a church? I mean, aren't we supposed to be inclusive? Aren't we supposed to be loving? Are we not supposed to demonstrate compassion, mercy, love, understanding? And I say that because during that entire time, my pastor not once called me, not once sent a message not once did he visit me. And it hurt a bit more because my pastor was like family. He knew my parents very well. He knew my, my siblings very well. He knew me very well. But not once did he come over to visit. Not once did he come, did he call. And that was very painful. 
and I did a lot of questioning uh, to God. There were times that I would, out of frustration, I would just, I, would, I remember I would drive for, sometimes for hours, I would just get in my car and just drive. And I don't know if you've done this, but <laughs> I would ugly cry in my car. I would scream to the top of my lungs and I would question God like, if homosexuality is so bad, then why did you create me like this? Why am I like this? Why didn't you take this away when I asked you? Why do I have to be like this? I just want to be normal. I don't want to be... I just... There was just so many things that I was questioning God at that time. And I look back now and... It was for a higher purpose. I know that might sound a little bit overplayed, but it's the truth. Looking back and seeing where I'm at right now, it served me well. Bear with me. It'll all make sense as I go through. But there were three people during this time, apart from my family and apart from my sisters, but there was three other individuals that... That really made this process, um, I wouldn't say much easier, but bearable. Um, I had a best friend at the time, which I no longer speak to her, which is kind of sad because we didn't end in bad terms. It just, we kind of drifted away. Um, we'll call her Jesse. And then there was this other guy, which... We're still acquaintances. We really don't talk much, but, you know, he's he's there. But he was a lot more present during that time. And we will call him... We'll call him Jacob. Sorry, that took a long time. But <laughs> I was going through all these names and I just... I kept coming to his real name. But anyway. So, again, Jessica and Jacob. Um... They were the first two friends that I actually came out to. I immediately came out to them and they were so supportive, um, especially my best friend at the time. Um, she would check up on me a lot and just those little checkups would help so much because I, I felt like I was still a part of something even though it was nothing huge but I felt like someone still cared for me and um they both did that they both would reach out to me and again it helped out so much and and if you know anyone that is going through what I went through I would recommend you to reach out to them you don't have to go into depth and create these solutions no just be present. Let them know that you're available. And if they need to talk, let them talk. Sometimes, sometimes you don't have to have a response to everything. But just being there. And they were. Now this next person that I'm going to uh, talk to you about, he made a 
a huge impact in my life in a positive way. So again, as you know, I was heavily involved in the church. I was a part of an organization that is pretty predominant within the Hispanic community. And there's several line of churches in Las Vegas. And this organization would, uh, it had a, a, a general choir per se from all of these churches. And they were from the youth. And so this individual is super talented, um, very musical inclined, has an amazing voice. When Listen, when this guy sings, I mean, you will get the goosebumps. Just put it that way. Well, he was another, out of the, the three, he was one of them that I also came out to. And... I remember when I came out to him, I wrote this long, long message, you know, telling him what I was going through and not knowing what to do. And the way that he approached it taught me so much how he approached the situation. So he was the choir director, along with multiple other um, roles that he had, but um, he was he was pretty important, important. He still is very important, but then um, he had a lot of things going on. And his response to me coming out to him was so inclusive, and it was so loving. Um, I don't remember exactly what he said because he also replied with the long text. But from what I remember. He had said, you know, Adam, we all have our ups and we have our downs. None of us are perfect. And I remember him telling me, um, just remember that God is always good. And don't let other people or other individuals that don't understand you, you know, bring you down. And then he asked me, um, what are you doing this following weekend? Uh, I replied back immediately and I was like, oh, I, don't have, I don't have anything going on. Again, my social life was non-existent. And he was like, this was the part that <laughs> my heart swelled with what he said. I remember him saying, um, Come to choir practice. Keep yourself occupied. Come to choir practice. Help us out. We were invited to sing at this venue out in California. It's a pretty big thing. Um, This will be our our, uh, first time singing at this venue. And I want you to be a part of it. When I say that my heart swelled, I mean... I couldn't believe that after I had come out to him and I got into detail about what happened. His response was to include me in the choir. For once in a long time, I had felt like I had some type of purpose. Or I didn't feel as less... Because at this point, at this point, when I say that 
I was depressed. I mean, I felt like I was lower than trash. I'm just being honest. If I was not happy with myself before being outed, I felt a little worse at this point because I had no direction. I I didn't have someone that I can confide in that had gone through what I was going through. I didn't have someone that I could share my trauma with, you know? So the fact that the fact that this man wanted to include me into something so important That taught me a lot. That was a huge lesson. So needless to say, I I did. I went to the first choir practice. And when I walked in, I walked into the, the sanctuary where all the youth were. There was, I, I want to say there was over 40 youth members that made this choir. It was, it was a good bunch. I, I had walked in and I was walking towards the front, um, but I was a little, I was a little scared and uh, definitely uh, timid and embarrassed. So I, I kind of tried to hide in one of the, uh, one of the chairs towards the middle. He spotted me right away. He was at the moment he was directing. Um, the choir and he looked back and he smiled at me you know when you know when someone smiles at you with such tenderness and such such welcoming way yeah that that's the kind of smile that he gave me I felt at ease because believe me when I walked in I just how I told you I felt embarrassed and timid and whatnot then the anxiety began to rise and I just wanted to run out. I started thinking like, what am I doing here? I don't deserve to be here. And just all these negative thoughts started to flow. But when he smiled, it eased me. It put me at ease, I mean. And uh, he then came over to me. And with such joy and such positivity, he shook my hand and he came in, he gave me a hug and not once did he make me feel like he saw me in different within a different lens or not once did he make me feel like I was anything less. If anything, he hugged me, like I said, and he he was he told me, Adam, I'm so happy to see you. I'm so glad you came. I'm going to ask you for a big favor. And just immediately with with that positivity that he was that he was interjecting to me, I, I remember being like, yeah, whatever you want. What's up? Tell me, what do you want? And he was like, I would love for you to help us out to be one of our lead singers uh, in the choir. When I tell you I wanted to cry on the spot, I did. I really wanted to break down. I couldn't understand how someone 
that wasn't I wasn't too close to him. I, I I knew of him. He knew of me because, again, this he was very predominant at the time, very well known within the line of our churches. But he didn't know me the way my other church members knew me. He didn't know me the, the way my pastor knew me. But yet again, here he's given me the opportunity to participate in at the time I thought it was such a huge event. Wow, another lesson, another lesson. And at first I, I remember thinking, I'm not worthy of that position. I'm not worthy to do that. Like he knows what I did. It was this internal battle and he was just looking at me. And I could tell that he was like, he was pressed by time. And so he just was like, just come on, come on. He just, it didn't give me any time to even think more. He just pulled me out, out of the, where I was at. And um, he immediately put me to the front. He gave me, uh, he handed me the list of the songs. And and that was that. I was, I, I took that position. I was, I was part of the, the lead singers in the choir. And that gave me so much purpose. Even though it it was for, um, we were preparing to sing for an event that was, you know, it was going to come and go. It wasn't something that was going to stay in place forever. But that alone helped me shift my mind just a bit. But that made a big difference. So we... I, I I I went to as, as many practices as I, as I could. The day came where we went to California and we sang at this venue. It was amazing. The voices, the talent with with these young people at the time, just amazing. And just to give some of you an idea that probably didn't grow up in the church. The line of churches I grew up in, they were very, uh, we were, how can I put it? Lively. (laughs) Our services were rarely bland. We we knew how to get down. And well, being able to go through that experience and being able to kind of shift my mind for a bit, it helped a lot. Again, I, I can't stress how much that helped. Little did he know that he, he made a big difference in my life. And shortly after that, that led me to want to seek healing. Um, emotional healing, spiritual healing. I felt the need. I felt like I had to. I didn't like the person I was becoming. That didn't feel organic. It didn't feel like that was me. My temper was becoming a bit out of hand. I, my patience was no longer there. I, like I said, I was becoming bitter towards the church. And that that helped me kind of steer away. It helped me 
to push myself to become a better me after being outed. And that led me to not want to join another church at the moment. But it did want me to at least be a part of some type of spiritual group, a Christian spiritual group. And that helped. I was uh, able to, uh, with the help of other amazing youth and um, this lady that I consider my mentor, we formed a small uh, non-denominational independent group of youth from different churches. And we would have activities. And again, it was pretty successful. We expanded a bit in El Paso. We expanded um, in the city of Juarez in Mexico. Um, We had a great time. We had a great time. And again, this was part of my process. Um, But then, you know, when things start looking up and you start to better yourself and things just seem like they're going not great but better and then something has to happen listen when I say that I thought things were going to get better I was wrong (laughs) at least during this time frame because Daniel ended up messaging me again. Now stay tuned for this next episode because I will give you insight as to what happened next with my interaction with Daniel. If you're rolling your eyes, I am too, but it's part of my reality and I'm glad I get to share it with you take care be blessed and i'm gonna include an email in here so if you feel like you want to share some thoughts with me or if you just want to shoot me an email you're more than welcome to Um, i will include it in the description take care